We're starting things off with a word from our sponsor. Since 1998, DVD Netflix has delivered more than 5 billion DVD and Blu-ray rentals to movie lovers in every American zip code and to military bases around the world in their famous, iconic red envelopes. With an extensive library of titles from the early 1900s to today and shows from such premium networks as HBO and Showtime, DVD Netflix is a must for physical media lovers. Featuring a variety of different plans starting at as little as $8.99 per month, it's a great way to experience DVDs and Blu-rays with special features and commentary tracks you won't find anywhere else. A member for over 20 years, so well before I ever began working with the service as an official blogger on acting or as a DVD, Netflix, Twitter, film discussion host, I think it's a terrific way to keep our vintage video store memories alive and support the physical media that we love so much. So be sure to check out DVD Netflix for yourself at dvd.com. Now on with the show. Hey, this is Jen Johans at filmintuition.com and filmintuition on social media and letterboxd. And this is Watch with Jen. This week, I'm welcoming back a woman who, thanks to these wonderful conversations, has become a good friend. Julia Ricci is a film programming manager at Heartland Film in Indianapolis, Indiana, which organizes the Heartland International Film Festival and the Academy Award Qualifying Indie Shorts International Film Festival. She has been part of the programming team there since 2018, selecting movies for the festival's shorts, features, and retrospective slates, and has programmed 17 short films that went on to become Oscar nominees and winners in the live action, documentary, and animated short categories. Prior to Heartland Film, Julia was a researcher for Turner Classic Movies and the Criterion Collection's former streaming platform, Filmstruck, and appeared on TCM as a guest fan programmer. She has a degree in history from Ball State University and is the regional Emmy nominee for the documentary short Legacies of Perfection, Auburn Cord Duesenberg from 2013. Julia, it is so great to see you once again. Thank you for returning and happy spring 2023. How have you been doing? Yeah, thanks, Jen. Great. To, glad to be back. I'm really excited to talk more James Bond with you. Yes. Yeah, I'm, spring, I'm just ready for spring to happen at this point. Like the yeah. weather in Indiana is just so temperamental, as I'm sure a lot of listeners in the Midwest know. And so um, we've had a little bit of a fake spring. And now it's like, I'm ready, ready for that to happen. So yeah, once the flowers start sort of peeking out and starting to bloom then it gets really good so mm-hmm. yeah fingers crossed and we're you know recording this one day ahead of daylight savings time which oh. arizona doesn't really follow it's so weird so like oh, for half of the year i'm in pacific time and then the other i'm like i just call it denver time basically and so um tomorrow i will be back in pacific time and i feel like i function a little bit better there what are your thoughts on uh daylight savings time do you do you like this time of year you like the the sun 
Mm, I do like, I will say I do like more sunlight during the day. I hate when it gets dark early, but the the whole time change thing, I think it's kind of ridiculous that we have to do it, but whatever. (laughs) Like, I don't know. You're like, come to Arizona. You don't have to change your clocks. Yeah. 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 (laughs) We have room for you, Julia. You can come. Thanks. Spring is already here. I took a walk this morning. Flowers are starting. So, and it's uh, hitting the 80s. So, it's dress season. Yeah. So, what I'm saying is, come down. Yes. Yes. I will try to get everyone, (laughs) yes, to come visit for sure. Yeah. We have good festivals. So, Mm. um, Heartland, I'm trying to steal her, but. (laughs) (laughs) Well, what has been going on professionally? Anything exciting in the works? or recent festival news or programming? Um, well, the Oscars are tomorrow as of, you know, time of recording this. Yeah. And um, we're really excited. Like 12 of our films that we honored in the past year through either playing at our festivals or through our um, industry award. Um, we had 12 films get nominated for Oscars, total of 39 nominations. Um, we're especially excited because one of our uh, qualify like Oscar qualifying award winners, um, Stranger at the Gate, is nominated for documentary short. Oh wow! Congrats, that's awesome. Thank you. Yeah, so we're really excited. We think it has a good shot of winning. We're hopeful. I don't want to like jinx it or anything, yes. but um, it's really cool because it won our our grand prize documentary short. Um, it's an Indiana story as well. Um, and then uh, Malala, um, you know, the Malala is a signed yeah. on as executive producer for that film a few weeks ago. So um, we're we're really excited um, for their team, and um, yes. it's it's an incredible story too. Um, it's it's available to watch on the New Yorker's website, or you can just like it's on YouTube too. But it's it's available to watch, and it's an incredible story. And um, we're really ex- we're rooting for it at the Oscars tomorrow. So um, yeah. Crossed. I can't wait to see it now. So I will be sure to link to it when this thing goes up. So that way everyone will be able to find it as well. And we'll all keep our fingers crossed, knock on some wood, yep. whatever. <laughs> yes. I mean, we're recording this by the time it drops, everyone will know. But yes, mm-hmm. Julia and I have our fingers crossed for sure. Well, I had so much fun with you. This was in like the end of season two. I think mm-hmm. our last regular season episode, and then there were a few physical media episodes mm-hmm. uh, we did on Roger Moore to kind of celebrate this really cool idea mm-hmm. you had to watch all of the James Bond movies in anticipation for the final one that Daniel Craig was doing. You hadn't seen James Bond movies before. Mm-hmm. I can't remember. Had you seen any or... I think I had seen Skyfall like once and it was just on a whim, like, you know, within high school, like friends sure. were like, let's go see it. Let's, what's playing? Let's go see this. And so um, I had absolutely no context in her frame of reference for any of this. I was like, so I kind of forgot about it. And then when I rewatched it, there were parts that I remembered, but like had gotcha. no frame of reference for. So other than that, yeah, nothing. Yeah. Well, we covered Roger Moore, which uh, was a lot of fun. We had a ball doing our research and watching all of those great movies. We both have a soft spot for Jaws. If you haven't listened to that episode, I'm going to link to that one as well. It was a blast. And when we were talking about more James Bond to cover, Mm because the reception for it was really good, we were kind of thinking, 
why not go with the second Roger Moore era or what mm-hmm. felt like the second Roger Moore era, which was Pierce Brosnan, kind of a, mm-hmm. a lighter bond, but also one that sort of had some of the pathos and melancholy that you need for James Bond and the tragedy he had been through. And I think Brosnan does a good job of kind of balancing that. Mm-hmm. We're also going to be covering Daniel Craig in the future. I'm very excited mm-hmm. about that because I think his films are probably the most consistently um, stellar in mm-hmm. the franchise. Uh, you, of course, Sean Connery was in some incredible films. Everybody, I think, had at least one or two really good films in their run. Um, mm-hmm. But yes, so... This is the fifth James Bond, Pierce Brosnan. He was supposed to take over for Roger Moore. There was that whole thing where he was playing Remington Steele, and then the show was like dying. But then when the um, the rumors started to come that he's going to be the next James Bond, then uh, the ratings went up. They renewed it, and he was kind of stuck. And it went to Timothy Dalton, who was a good friend of Pierce Brosnan's, and you know he took the high road, rooted for Timothy, but. Then after the legal issues with the Dalton era, Brosnan was back in. And I do remember seeing the first one uh, in the theater, like oh. opening day, GoldenEye, saw all of these in the theater. Okay. So talk to me about what you think the Brosnan era represents and why he is so unique uh, for James Bond. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and going along with what you just just said, I was uh, like three years old when the first one came out. So <laughs> I did not see these. Yes, I did not <laughs> see these when they came out originally. But yeah, I think it kind of represents taking Bond into a new era. And I think it's they uh, there's some things that I think they purposely included in there, like in the in Goldeneye, like M's speech about him being like a Cold War dinosaur. You know, yeah. paraphrasing. So. Um, you know, kind of addressing that outright. And, you know, you see the role of like the the Bond women kind of changing a little bit yes. and um, seeing that. But yeah, it kind of has, like you mentioned, that balance of, you know, bring a little fun to it. Uh, and he, I think Brosnan brings that light, like that lighter, you know, he does well with some of the quips and things but then he also has you know bringing that pathos and a little bit of that you know the the darker side and you know it's very action like very action yeah action packed um which it's kind of a preview of what we get with daniel craig so it's a good i think it's good for the 90s it's very like it fits that era it really does he kind of has that irish twinkle in his eye Mm -hmm. so he has the the mischief that you need but also the 90s was kind of the decade of the -the over-the-top blockbuster i mean it started in the 80s with the tony scott and the ridley scott movies and all of the tom cruise films and then Mm -hmm. when we got into the 90s with the crazy high concept action movies you know Mm -hmm. oil uh drillers uh in in outer space to save the day in armageddon those kind of things um yeah the bond movie started to get a little bit more outlandish i mean roger moore had some outlandish ones (laughs) for sure we covered some but um i think you need sort of brosnan to kind of bring it down to earth a little bit Mm -hmm. but also have a little fun and you brought up a really good point about m's speech about the cold war dinosaur because we have an m who's a woman for the first Mm -hmm. time yeah yeah and i think watching these two because my first introduction to her you know as m is like when she's older and you know the daniel craig era so it was fun like my first time watching these and then rewatching these again just like 
saying like wow like you know she's like she's a really good m like honestly yeah. i like her better than you know the you know no offense to the other guy who played m for like 25 years but like yeah um, i do like the direction they went with her and you know she's a little bit you know she has a background but like you don't know like you kind of keeps you guessing and i think they do real she does a really good job of kind of like having that internal world like you kind of know like okay like you you want to learn more about like what her her life is like and stuff and yeah uh, yeah. yeah, and I think starting in the Roger Moore era, some of the female characters, especially the Bond girls, started to become more complex. We talked about mm-hmm. it in Spy Who Love Me, uh, For Your Eyes Only. Some of the women had a little bit more to work with, and it, with time, of course, got better. And I think in mm-hmm. some ways, some of these movies are a little old-fashioned. I mean, the franchise is very old-fashioned. It's, you mm-hmm. know, male chauvinist, what can we say? But, yeah. you know, you have an M um, played by a woman. You also have Samantha Bond in as mm-hmm. Money Penny. Yeah. And, you know, it's kind of funny because <laughs> I was watching these and just the level of sexual harassment she just lays at Pierce Brosnan from start to finish it is like the saucier side of Money Penny. Usually, she's mm-hmm. the one getting the entendre always thrown at her, but she can give as good as she takes. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, I think she is great. Also, you know, even just some of the bit parts um, in these movies, I think they're strengthened by the actresses. Like uh, we'll get to Tomorrow Never Dies, but Terry Hatcher. Mm-hmm could have mm-hmm. had a very forgettable thankless role but we care about her uh, more than we do some of the women in the early connery pictures who are just kind mm-hmm. of one-dimensional and yeah. you also have more women kicking butt with yeah. michelle yo yeah mm-hmm. so. yes <laughs> yes yeah. so we should probably start with golden eye tell me your thoughts on this one yeah, so the first time I watched Goldeneye, I did not like it. I I I don't know if I was in a bad mood that day or I was just <laughs> tired from all the like, you know, 15 previous James Bond movies I had watched before <laughs> it, but I was just not feeling Goldeneye not feeling and I it. felt like for at the time I was like this is overhyped because of the video game and all that. But watching yeah. it again this time for this podcast, I was like, okay, I get it. Like, I actually, I, I really liked it a lot more. I think it's probably now my favorite Pierce Brosnan. Um, I was going James to Bond. ask you. Um, yeah, because I think you had said yes. it was Tomorrow Never Dies before. Yeah. Which mm-hmm. I would I would say the same thing. Goldeneye and Tomorrow Never Dies are my two favorites. They might be neck and neck. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah, Goldeneye, I mean, I love the beginning um, yes yeah the beginning is excellent with the mm. bungee jump That's yeah great. yeah is is so, yeah. very cool um i remember everyone just being on the edge of their seat in the theater Ooh, um, yeah. when when we saw this <laughs> because uh we left our high school and like drove directly to the theater and so there was so much hype about this film and oh, we wow. were really amped for it i also just love um the supporting players in this you have alan cumming yes uh, <laughs> yes in as uh kind of a two-faced guy and uh-huh. you know any movie that has alan cumming in it like where he's playing kind of deceitful in this 90s period like right after circle of friends where he's creepy and you have mm-hmm. his circle of friends co-star in the movie Minnie driver is in it as well yep. Uh, yeah. She is the mistress. You got Robbie Coltrane, Fantasy yes. Jansen. You know, you have a really good cat. Joe Don Baker is back. He had mm-hmm. been a, 
I think a villain and was it the living daylights or he'd been in another one now he's playing yeah. a good guy and uh-huh. yeah so it's different yeah yeah it is yeah that's a really yeah like you said about the cast it was a really good cast like yeah <laughs> mini driver too that was the part where I was like when I saw it the first time I was yes. like is that mini driver because <laughs> it's such like a, a small part and I can't remember if this is before or after like um uh goodwill hunting or whatever but uh, you know before yeah before this is before okay so this is yeah because i think she only i remember reading she only got paid like five thousand dollars or something like that yes. for, to, to show up so it was kind of fun to see somebody who is like you know like pre like pre-hitting it big i guess um in the role but um but yeah and then just um the uh i was gonna say like uh uh Famke Janssen like she is an incredible okay. like she is an incredible uh Bond girl and I feel like it's it, I feel like they went for it with her with yes. her character but from you know her name too yeah Xenia Just, on a top she seems yeah. like she came from Goldfinger yes like pussy galore like uh-huh. she, she could have been one of those girls yeah. yeah and the fact too like she has such a memorable like what you know way of killing people like yeah like, like, <laughs> like crushing them to death with her legs yeah, like, and like climaxing while doing it it's crazy uh-huh. yes yeah <laughs> it's very like level of like you know the like the the other you know henchmen you know from the the other eras because yeah they again like they really went for it and i think she went forward to i think i read a story where you know the scene where they're in the sauna or whatever and like she was yeah. actually being thrown around and like slammed yes, into the walls and stuff was. like she did she wanted to do her own stunts so it's like good for her but also like ouch but um, yes but yeah so yeah i think just all of those elements come together like every single like actor whether they no matter how small quote small their part is is really strong and then Oh, I forget the actress's name, but the one who plays the hacker, the the oh, she's hacker. very what's, good. What's yes. her name? Oh, I forget her name. I feel bad. Let me, Isabella Garupako. Let me okay. see. Am I getting? Yeah, that? I forget the character's <laughs> name too. This is really bad. Um, but she was really Isabella Skarupko or Skarupko. Okay. Yeah, yes. we apologize, okay. Isabella. Yes, yes. And it's Natalia. Is she like her character? Natalia. Natalia. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yes. Let's just okay. go with Natalia. Natalia. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, she was great as well too. Because I, yeah, I kind of forgotten like how you know strong of a character she kind of ends up becoming, and you know, yes. first, you know, like know. The, the whole yeah, like you first you think oh this is all we see of her, but then she survives the you know the attack and explosion thing, and then you know she teams up with Bond, and it's a whole thing. So um but yeah like she does a really good job kind of you know care like helping carry that part and also plays into the you know the what we were talking about earlier about how like the women are getting like more badass you know yeah more to do um things yes. but yeah i love the 90s fashion with the you know the sweater sets and the mini skirts it, it's very mm-hmm. funny because mm-hmm. natalia is in uh soviet union it's freezing and she's yep. wearing like a mini skirt yeah. and tights and it's like okay you know that's practical yeah but she looks great i love the costumes of course uh famke it looks um stunning mm-hmm. and um the you brought up the sauna scene and when i was oh. watching it this time i was thinking about pierce brosnan in the movie the long good friday which is kind of like what launched him he plays sort of almost like a a honey trap or something or like a bond girl but um okay. he sort of recruits um or 
comes on to this guy by the pool and then gets mm-hmm. him in the shower and kills him. And so when I was watching the sauna scene, I was like, I wonder if they were kind of playing with the Long Good Friday Pierce Brosnan where he started mm-hmm. thing a little bit. But yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it is a great film. I don't love the song. I would say the Mm. next two songs are excellent. World is Not Enough is one of my favorite in the entire franchise run. Mm. Uh, But Tina Turner's song here is pretty forgettable. Um, Mm. What were your thoughts on the songs? Yeah, the song in this one, I kind of... I thought it was okay and it's better than the Madonna one. We'll get That's to that later. But, um, I, yeah, I was I, like, was Madonna bored that day? Like, what was going on? <laughs> yeah. But yeah, this one, I didn't realize. So I know Tina Turner sung it. And then, you know, you're watching the credit and it's like, you know, written by like Bono and the Edge. And it's like, yeah. wait, what? Like <laughs> The most 90s thing ever. Yeah. Yes. But yeah, I thought it's kind of, I kind of like the vibe of the song. It's kind of like, ooh, like, I, I don't yeah. like, I don't know. Like it had a good vibe to it. Is it the most memorable Bond theme? Like, no, like <laughs> by a mile, no. <laughs> um, but it does like when you hear it, it's like, okay, like that I can bop in. to this. Like it fits. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah and then um i forgot what i was gonna say um but yeah what are what's your favorite like set piece or action piece in this in goldeneye oh you know i love the opener and i love the tank chase Mm -hmm. i mean you've got to love pierce brosnan going through the wall and tank like a car chase we've seen it before but a tank excellent Mm -hmm. yeah how about you yeah yeah, the tank taste is probably number one. Like watching that again too, I was like, wow, that was incredible. I think they actually filmed it in like St. Petersburg on location. So um wow. yeah, just incredible sequence, that whole thing. But the opening, the part in the opening sequence that like the with the that uh, just makes me go nuts i guess but it also kind of is a preview of like some of the i feel like some of the stunts get even more outlandish and you're like like i find find myself shouting like no way when that like when that (laughs) happens like um when he the he does the motorcycle jump and the into the plane like and then he like free falls into the plane i'm like there's no way <laughs> that is we like, in fast and the furious all of a sudden come yeah. on yeah, yeah. <laughs> like physics like physics i'm not a physicist but i'm sure that would not be possible yeah but again it's it's james bond it's fun it to is. watch but it does yeah. kind of get that vibe where it's like you know he'll he can do anything and it's just you know it's fun but yeah it is kind of i and i think just yeah some of the stunts get really like really out there sometimes and especially in yeah these. i know it, it, this was before the era of twitter otherwise you'd have neil degrasse tyson like doing a tweet thread about how this could never happen like with uh-huh. the, the top gun maverick um, which, you know, I was going to try all the Top Gun Maverick stuff at home, but I'm glad that tweet thread exists. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but uh, yeah, he he does get video gamey. You brought up the video game uh, of mm-hmm. GoldenEye, which is really famous. And Brosnan did the voice in several games. Um, but yeah, he gets more video gamey. When I saw Quantum of Solace, we'll get into that when we do Daniel Craig. It's one of my least favorites in the franchise. I was actually, when I saw it, we had a Bond girl in attendance who had been in one of the Roger Moore movies. And she was solo and she sat in the seat next to me and she tried to keep like a real polite smile on her face through the whole movie. But as it got like progressively crazier and it, it was hard to kind of follow it with your eyes and getting more video gaming, we just sort of in the dark kind of looked at each other like, you know, a, a what the 
and kind of look at each other like what on earth is this and like nobody said anything but it was like yeah so the franchise was starting to get a little more extreme yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah oh and something else i want to mention too sean bean is really good as the i villain. love him and yeah he's so great like my first introduction to sean bean again dating myself was a national treasure and <laughs> his role in this is a little bit similar i don't know like again i haven't I, seen it in a long time but yeah, yeah i mean like i don't know it's it. it's sean bean but yeah they, yes. they, it was a he was a pretty like for a villain sometimes the villains aren't super strong but like I agree. in terms yeah. of this like it was a good like it was just a good yeah a good performance and yeah just a good villain i guess you see you know he comes back and yes you know. for sure i know um, because you can buy the charisma and that they would have been friends at the beginning mm-hmm. of the movie and you like feel properly sad at first you're like whoa and uh and then <laughs> but at the same time because it is someone that charming you're like yeah he's not dead mm-hmm. yeah yeah so like this isn't our first james bond rodeo here yeah but um <laughs> that takes us to tomorrow never dies which you and i bonded over our love of the car mm-hmm. scene um, yes. which is probably one of my favorite uh, set pieces in that film. I also love the motorcycle chase with um, mm-hmm. Michelle Yeoh. And it, it's a really good one. The Sheryl Crow theme song is very yep. good. Um, awesome. You have, let's see, Terry Hatcher as well, Jonathan Price, and Ricky Jay, who's one of my favorites for all of his work in the David Mamet movies. I'm one of those people who freaks out whenever I see Ricky Jay in something. So I just love that they brought Ricky Jay in a movie that's a Bond film. And it isn't like, you know, him playing poker or, you know, planning a heist in a David Mamet movie. But he's a henchman here and it's great to see him. So talk to me about Tomorrow Never Dies. Yeah, this one, I really enjoy this one a lot. I know some people out there like, I don't like this one, but like, it's fun. Like it's, 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 it's still fun, but it's still good. Like, I don't think, yeah, I put it, it's like up there with GoldenEye, but probably not like quite, but yeah. Yeah, I think the the action set pieces really stand out to me the most. Yeah, like the remote control BMW chase. Like that is like the most fun thing. Um, And it's fun too, because I think there's like, I don't know if it's in GoldenEye or I think it might be GoldenEye, but like when they talk about like, oh, boys with toys and like, this is totally like that. It is. um, That vibe says, yeah, literally is a remote control car, but you know, full size. So, and it's just fun seeing him like, he's like in the backseat, like, like (laughs) doing it. So yeah, Yeah. it's just, yeah, it's just a good, that's a great scene. Yeah. The motorcycle chase where they're like handcuffed to each other, which is makes it even like ups the level even better. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, I will, and then also the subsequent scene, like, I'm glad that like they give Michelle Yeoh her, the martial arts scene. I wish they, they did more of that with her. I feel like she was kind of underused. Um, she was. Especially in that, that yeah, respect. I, I like that the motorcycle scene is a little bit of a throwback to her work in Supercop with the motorbike where she jumps on a train um, uh-huh. with Jackie Chan, which is very cool. I actually, last summer when I was in L.A., um, my friend Priscilla Page, I went like cruising with on a Saturday night and I was like, yeah, tomorrow I might go to the Getty. And she's like, oh, you should go to the Peterson Automotive Museum. And when I woke up, 
uh, the next morning, Getty was like sold out of tickets that day. So I went to the automotive museum because they were having a James Bond mm-hmm. exhibition. You could see the planes and the motorcycles and everything. And yeah. I got to see the remote control, the car. And then they put little like video uh, oh. monitors nearby so you could watch the scene and like know you were looking at that car. And also yeah. uh, the motorcycle was there. And boy, everybody oh, cool. kind of hovered around to watch the Michelle Yeoh scene as well. Oh, and, like cool. look at the, the motorcycle, which was awesome. That's, that is cool. Yeah, I, I I love that scene so much. Yeah, it kind of... Yeah, it kind of harkens back to some of the earlier movies too, but yeah, it's just yeah, kudos to the stunt teams on like all of these. I just kept thinking that yeah. while I was watching it because yeah, there's just so many pieces that go into that. And they're really like wreaking havoc too. They're like causing so much destruction. It's I like know. How, yeah, they how are the... taking that city apart. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, that's yeah. a good that's that's I love that that scene. Yes. Um, and um, you know, this was also maybe um, I remember all the reviews at the time. People were like, "Is he Ted Turner? Like, what is going on? It's a media mm-hmm. mogul, and it it feels kind of like it was maybe ahead of its time for mm-hmm. this sort of era of um, you know Fox News and uh, what people are doing with propaganda and the news a little bit. Mm-hmm. And so watching it this time, I'm like, wow, this movie came out in the late '90s, but it feels a little more contemporary in that respect mm-hmm. as well. Yeah, yeah, it really does i think for that reason it's i it's still gonna be relevant 30 years from now like it was very like pressing at the time almost kind of like you know how network kind of you know predicted you know the the media landscape this like kind of takes it one step further because like cable news in general was still pretty news you know with like cnn fox news uh it was still pretty new and just the 24 hour news cycle. And this really does kind of predict like social media in a way too. You're um, right. Yeah. But even, yeah, just how like people consume the news and how, you know, the way, you know, people like can manipulate the news and for political gain, which I think has happened for forever. But I think in this internet age, like they really, you know, the nineties, the internet was still new. And so like taking that to a whole new level, like it really does, it still holds up in that way. And so you could even, you know, take it one step further because having seen like Glass Onion recently, it kind of like has that similar vibe where they're kind of taking down like, you know, like the tech billionaire type. And I feel like this, you know, Jonathan Price's villain kind of has that, you know, similar vibe. And so, yeah, in that way, yeah, it just has that, that relevance. But yeah, and I do like that, they kind of made that character just like over the top because I miss like really over the top Bond villains. Like I yeah. love just like just chew the scenery. Like I don't mm-hmm. care. Like just you know I love that type make of make it memorable. Yeah. And so like I think he really goes for it. I think I read somewhere that like the 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 script had changed or something or like they were writing the script as like right as they were about to shoot or it wasn't ready or something and apparently you know i don't know if this is true or not but like jonathan price and i think terry hatcher too weren't happy with like what they they were like we didn't sign on for what we ended up doing essentially but i think you know regardless of that whether or not that's true i think they still like you know we went for it (laughs) like i love the scene where he's like when he's typing their obituaries like here's your obituary and he's like furiously typing with one hand on the 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 thing it's just such a like over the top 
choice, but I love it. And it just makes it, you know, it makes it even more fun. So yeah, I, I enjoyed um, his performance and I even his over the top death too like they kind of yeah it is very yeah. very over the top and also you brought up something really cool earlier on where you were saying like m gets to be a little bit more proactive and this would have been the start of like m is in danger in mm-hmm. places in these films the pierce brosnan era and we get to see like judy dench punch people and yeah. you know it's <laughs> like everybody wins there or you know, hubris makes her make a choice because she feels bad that maybe she wouldn't have made otherwise. And mm-hmm. so I do like that we're giving uh, women a different dimension and more to do. And yeah, I think this one mm-hmm. for the female characters is probably the most interesting in mm-hmm. that respect. But um, but probably Goldeneye might be the the superior film. I agree. But yeah. yes. Yeah. And then the next one, The World is Not Enough, uh, the theme song by Garbage, I would say is probably one of the top five um, mm. most gorgeous songs. Very old school. I remember watching the performance of it on David Letterman and just mm. everybody immediately wanting the song. I think um, the film is pretty crazy. It starts out <laughs> it's pretty rooted in reality. Like, beginning at least and Mm -hmm. then it gets more and more ridiculous but I like the cast uh when I was talking about the film um originally it's one I hated I remember going to it with my brother and like on the way home we were like that is maybe the worst of the James Bond movies like oh my god (laughs) um and then I talked to somebody who also was like an obsessive and they were citing different things that uh, the film did and callbacks to like well this scene came from you know this film 30 years ago and this came from this Uh and so it is uh, a film that I think is reckoning with the history of the franchise Uh and having a little bit of fun with it Uh, watching it this time I do think that the cast is really good Um, I think Sophie Marceau is great Um, Uh When I talked about it online, Matt Zollerzeitz was saying like he almost thought it should have just been about the relationship between her oh. and Robert Carlyle and uh, James Bond, like a weird love and love triangle because it's uh-huh. kinky and it's strange and uh-huh. really weird. And I think if they would have gone for that and maybe rooted it more in realism, I think mm. it would have been better. But you know, then we're bringing in Christmas Jones. It's not Denise Richards' <laughs> fault. I feel bad. People like yeah. lay the, you know, the misfire at her feet. It's not her. I actually think she gets a couple of line deliveries that are pretty funny. But yeah, <laughs> um, but, so it's not her fault. But um, not the greatest character. Um, mm-hmm. People are like even Robert Carlyle should be given more to do than he is. Mm-hmm. Um, it feels like two different movies kind of plugged together. Yeah. But um, yeah. So this one still isn't my favorite, but I did like it more this time around. Yeah, yeah I agree. I liked it more this time too. And I think, yeah, from that perspective of the kind of like <laughs> love triangle, I don't even know. But yeah. yeah, I think like the the best scenes in the movie are the ones with Bond and Electra, and you kind yes. of kind of sense too because like he really like liked her and then she's the villain and that's that's yes. the other thing too like spoiler alert like, yeah only, like that's really good twist too because i you know for, i had seen it before but i didn't for some reason i didn't see the twist I coming again remember. i was like no. wait what <laughs> um 
but yeah the fact that like she's and she's the first uh, like actual like true female villain in a james bond movie so it's yes. you know the only one still today like you know come on next people doing bond like let's do another female villain um <laughs> but yeah like it's yeah those scenes with the, them two together are really good and you kind of really sense that like okay wow like yeah she betrayed me and you know all that so and then yeah the weird Stockholm yeah. syndrome situation but yeah like like you brought up too i think that would have made it a little more interesting if they did kind of focus on that and like it's like okay yeah oil but like you know, <laughs> oil pipeline whatever oil and yeah 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 i, yeah, I agree i kind of wish they went a little deeper in into that and yeah i feel like i don't think i don't know if denise richard was the first choice i think they wanted somebody else not. yeah um but yeah it's like oh yeah, <laughs> like just- she's like out of her depth she knows she's out of her depth uh-huh. the character is strange you know like don't yeah. make any christmas jokes and then they put in christmas jokes like it's just a strange yeah. situation all around it's weird i feel like she wasn't like definitely no chemistry at all i feel like no. if it was they were more evenly matched and i feel like i think that character probably was supposed to be played a little bit just like better i don't know because i kept thinking about um uh oh gosh i have uh and um the one the other one the roger moore one where the physicist um uh oh yeah breaker yeah uh that sure. one like mm-hmm. i forget her name i'm so um bad brain don't worry fart. about it but, but yeah so anyway but yeah that one. moonraker for yeah, sure so like she, female physicist again um but like i feel like it would have been played more that way but this yeah. one it's like she's not believable as no like, not at all she's trying to play it too straight and too yeah serious. like very um, serious yeah yeah and I, like, I think another um thing somebody brought up when i was talking about these movies it was an excellent point mm-hmm. i can't remember which uh follower mentioned that on twitter is that there wasn't like one real strong director or a director of several of the films like mm. you know we had sam mendes uh in the, the daniel craig era or or whoever we had for um different uh, iterations of bond in the past i think more mm-hmm. worked with the same director multiple times yeah. we had four different directors yeah. um, that were directors for hire like michael apted who mm-hmm. did he do this one yeah i think he did this one yeah okay this is michael apted who is a great filmmaker but Mm -hmm. you know without having any roots in the other films or Mm -hmm. um i think you do need that overarching idea of okay this is my vision or um the sort of theater troupe mentality that might have strengthened it a little bit i -hmm. think yeah that you know the the wheels start to come off a little bit in the bro- uh, the uh, Brosnan era in the world mm-hmm. is not enough for sure yeah yeah um but yeah and the, it, there's some, some parts in this too that are like it's you start to get a little more outlandish like oh the god yeah. where <laughs> where they're where they're in the tunnel trying to defuse the bomb as it's like careening down the pipeline and it's, it's like, like mission impossible yeah yeah, all of a she, yeah and I, there's like one line that denise richard says that i ha- like laughed at partly because it's funny <laughs> but also just like the ridiculousness of the situation i wish i could remember what it was but it's just like you know she's like the, i'm trying I've, oh, I've done hundreds of these but not when they're moving or yes. something like 
it's yeah. like you know state the obvious but in a strange way and mm. um but yeah it reminded me of the scene in the train with the tunnel uh you know red light green light in in mission impossible with with mm-hmm. tom cruise but you kind of need that cartoonish element a little bit mm-hmm. and uh again we're, we're playing it a little too straight at times where it should yeah. have been jokier yeah mm-hmm. yeah and i mean there was a good ski the ski chase like yes. that's a pretty good thing i feel like anytime there's a ski chase it's like all right this is this is good I love a good ski chase in, in a vintage James Bond, Bond. movie. Yeah. Yes, yeah, vintage Bond. Yeah, again. So, um, yeah, again, I think, yeah, I, th- I think the thing too with like Christmas Jones and Denise Richards, it does definitely, they're trying to harken back to like the, the, like the classic Bond girls. And, <laughs> um, but yeah, and it's, I think the other funny thing too, it's like they have a running around in a tank top and shorts in like I the know. middle of like <laughs> Siberia. Like, I don't even know where they are, yeah. but like they're in. <laughs> yeah one of At least yeah. the other one is wearing tights and golden eye like we're a yeah. little bit more real no i'm just kidding yeah <laughs> but yeah it's like tank top and shorts it's like all right okay cool is she from jurassic park yes yeah that <laughs> or, would be or, more fitting if she was laura dern in jurassic park for sure yeah yes. or she's dressed like a lara croft tomb raider like that's it's that's like she's a in the good wrong comparison the wrong movie but and now just thinking of that i was like wait a second you know jolie or Laura Dern in that role might have played it a little mm. differently and it might have been uh more fun yeah, yeah. For sure but I, I feel think. like there was because there is kind of like a little bit of like the competition almost like with yes. you know Electra and her and like, you like need they a kind contrast. of take shots. Yeah. yeah they need like they take shots at each other and I think if I think if the you know Christmas Jones character was played a little differently a little stronger that would have been like more like evenly matched because honestly like I was like Bond should just you know like it's I don't know like yeah they could have made her a little more interesting I agree Um, she seems like his kid's sister essentially and I think that's part of the problem too is yeah yeah so yeah. yeah well uh. this brings us to oh i do have to say as far as action set pieces go mm-hmm. i did enjoy the beginning with the hot air balloon and yes. uh the thing with the glasses that gambit where he opens the glasses yes. and then the gun blows up on the table in spain like that mm-hmm. was fun it's also one of the cool prologues that takes place in multiple times and multiple uh places which Mm -hmm. i think is you know it it keeps going you're like whoa we're still in the prologue yeah and uh the opener of the film which i feel like they kind of pushed that to the max in the last daniel craig movie and Mm -hmm. did it i mean much better but um that same thing we're like whoa this is just keeping going and um Mm You know, because we actually, it slows down for a little bit, uh, it crescendos, and then more and more. And I love the mm-hmm. hot air balloon. Yeah. yeah. So I did like that whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. That is a good opening, too. Cause yeah, it does have, it really does, even though it's longer, I think it is one of the like longest, if not the longest prologue in these, is that, you know, it sets up the situation, it has the whole thing with like their, you know the the father and the explosion and you know yeah. sets up m's connection with them and everything yeah there's a lot going on in that i feel info. like if you don't pay attention the, like as you're watching it you miss yeah. there's a lot to there's a lot you can miss in that that whole section and then yeah the action and like the the boat pursuit and you know the yeah the hot air balloon which you know honestly i, I kind of laughed at that too it's like yeah. you know, she's hijacking a hot air balloon <laughs> i want the slowest getaway possible yes yep yeah which is great yeah again it's good yeah all of the yeah all of the 
the tech and everything too is is good and i think oh i don't know if it was this one or the the previous the previous ones but there was something that was i don't know if it was like a watch or something i was like oh that's like the you know this like the smart watch or something i don't know but yeah. or, or no it was with the car and like some of the like you know yes. tech things i don't know um but speaking of that i wanted to talk about q which is this is the one where they set up John Cleese. John Cleese. <laughs> yes. Because um, I didn't, so I never realized this until, like, you know, after doing some research after watching this the first time that, you know, they kind of give, you know, Desmond Llewellyn a little bit of a send off, gets a yeah. good, like, last line in this. But I didn't realize that I think he, like, he was, I don't know if he was officially retiring or what, or like still planning to be in the next one, but like, he died in a car accident. I know like not you know whatever so I was like honestly kind of shocked so I'm you know was wondering if if he was not in that accident if he would have done the 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 fourth one or if this was actually like they were doing like a send-off like where he's like I'm done but Mm -hmm. um yeah I feel like that whole like I think he did a really good job in all three of these Pierce Brosnan's Desmond Llewellyn like as Q like you know there's still that you know I think he was Q in like 17 of these movies. Yeah, like 17 or 18 of them. Like yeah. he just, you know, he's still ha- even though he's a lot older, it's like, you know, he's still got it. He's like can go yes. toe to toe and yeah, the scenes. Honestly, like I wish there were more scenes of, of him and Pierce Yes, yeah, Pierce Brosnan together cuz uh, they did a good they had a good little Report. little banter going. Yes, they did. Report. I loved it. So, but yeah, I don't know, but our like bringing in John Cleese, I know that was kind of like, okay, we need somebody to fill this. <laughs> to yes. fill this role. <laughs> he's um, just sort of a filler. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> he's kind obviously of a, they they plugged yeah. him in there in the, in the interim between uh, you know, Pierce and then bringing in Daniel Craig's uh franchise uh, era. Mm-hmm. But uh yeah, this brings us to Die Another Day, which I remember seeing in the theater and thinking was I remember people actually walking out of this one. Really? Um, yeah. I know it was a monster hit. I think, you know, I mean it's James Bond. I think it was around Thanksgiving that it came out. Okay. Yeah. They are around Thanksgiving. Halle Berry, of course. Everyone loves Halle Berry. Mm-hmm. Um, and it it is a mess, man. Yes. I mean, like, <laughs> I remember not liking it, but watching it this time, uh-huh. I was like I was getting confused by what was going on. It gets really weird with the uh-huh. the sun, like, you know, um, changing. Okay, he's diamonds in his face, and then he's a white guy by the end of the movie. It's so strange. Yeah. yeah. Have, uh, invisible vehicles. And it's like, are we in, you know, Marvel territory, like, uh, uh-huh. or DC Comics, invisible planes? It's, you yeah. know, there's an ice palace. It, yep. I forgot the whole thing with like Halle Berry, uh, almost her character is an American spy and she almost mm-hmm. dies. And then uh, he has to like put her in the hot springs. I'm yes. like, after that scene, that was a big section of the movie. I'm like, well, that was, you know, it's okay. Then mm-hmm. there was like a half hour more after that. And I'm like, yeah, what? And it just goes mm-hmm. so off the rails. I mean, it was yeah. already off the rails, but yeah, this yeah. one is a mess. We we talked about the Madonna song is completely unmemorable. I don't know if somebody wrote that at lunch. I can't yeah. remember if Madonna actually wrote that song. Um, it it's very auto tune, forgettable. Yeah. Uh, I watched this one with my mom, and I'm like, 
wait, what was going on with Madonna? She's like, that's Madonna. She didn't even place it. And, yeah. You know, remembering Vogue and True Blue and all of her borderline, those hits. And then you hear this. And you're like, what was going on that day? Uh, and then Madonna shows up in the movie and you're like, maybe she was bummed that her character sucked. And it's like, you know what? I'm just going to half-ass the song. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, <laughs> but, uh, yeah this one is a mess. Uh, I do love that you get Rosamund Pike. Yes. Uh, yes it's like oh future gone girl right there just yep. like we we had the future you know mini driver ma- monster star so that's uh-huh. the one saving grace um yeah i don't know take it away on this one yeah oh gosh where do i start um <laughs> you kind yeah. of hit it all with it yeah but yeah rosalind pike honestly again i i forgot she was in this until she yes. shows up and i was like okay thank goodness yeah. um, but um uh, so there's that um yeah it, it does just kind of it go, just goes off the rails yeah the song's not great like i think i'm wondering if it was in part of madonna's contract that like if she does the song she has to appear in the movie or vice versa that's what i'm wondering um, yeah i don't like, know it was a very weird it was yeah. strange she's like the fencing instructor or whatever it's like what Which is so, um, oh my gosh i'm glad yeah. you brought up the fencing because yeah. we are supposed to believe that mi6 everybody can't <laughs> look up harvard online or check mm-hmm. a yearbook and get that uh two characters had been on the harvard fencing team i know people that went to harvard man they're so yeah. tight you can pick up the phone and call somebody and be like, yeah, I was on the fencing team with, come on, MI6. Yep. Like, that was a little yeah. crazy. Yeah, um, it's like, yeah, yeah. yeah. exactly. Yeah, and uh, Rosnan was making fun of the movie a little bit. He was picking it apart at times during the press for the oh. film. Um, like, even he was knowing this was this was kind of a stinker. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, it's yeah. good. Yeah, I do. I do want to talk about Halle Berry for a minute because yes. one, like her character, again, like they set her up to be such a cool, like Bond girl, and like she has the Ursula Andress ed- entrance oh with the God, bikini the and the knife, stunning, and, like yeah. so stunning, like great. And then like they set her up to be like this total badass, which she like kind of is still like a badass, but like then they have like James Bond like saving her every time, every and it's five like seconds. She's and, always and, getting undercut. Yeah, and it's like she can take care of herself like that's fine i mean she does have that redeeming moment where like it's still like a cheesy line but like spoiler when she kill like when she kills rosamund pike and she's like oh what did she say um i don't want to uh, shoot oh, oh she's like read this bitch and she stabs her with the book <laughs> and the knife it's like she gets a james bond moment she gets a james bond moment but again yeah that's really it and then the rest of it again yeah like you mentioned before like him like putting her in the hot spring to revive her i'm not a doctor but like i don't think that would work no Um, i would think it would shock your heart a little too much actually yeah yeah I don't know. It, it was yeah. it reminded me too of like the scene in um, Tomorrow Never Dies when they're like underwater and he for some reason like kisses Michelle Yeoh like underwater and it works. And, yeah, and I don't know what that was to do to like give her like you know Oxygen. CPR underwater. Yeah. I don't know. It was very weird. So again, it was like there's a little air and you know a hot <laughs> moment for two seconds. Yeah, yeah, very yeah. weird. So yeah, yeah, I don't know, but yeah, they set her up and then also like I feel I, this this had to have been the one where they're like okay, Catwoman because like when she's in the leather suit like going down yes. into the the um the little biodome thing like you know very very catwoman and i'm like yeah this this had to have been the 
Yeah. So and it was a huge, one. I mean, record-breaking hit. I remember it took mm-hmm. in like massive amounts of money at the box office. So I'm sure they probably the, the Catwoman people are like, oh, we're going to be printing money, you know, yeah. <laughs> and uh, that didn't work. Yeah. yeah. But I, I wish that Pierce Brosnan would have had a better send off mm-hmm. as James Bond than die another day. I was reading um, some interviews with him or some things where he was talking about, he felt like he was kicked to the curb. He was 50 yeah. uh, when this was done and more had been 57 and people were very like, he should have stopped sooner. But mm-hmm. they stood by Brosnan or like, you're our bond and, you know, you'll be in another, I think he wanted to make six total. And this was mm-hmm. number four. And he said the phone call, he just really felt like they kind of kicked him to the curb and yeah. put him out to pasture. And so that is unfortunate. And mm-hmm. he deserved to be in um, better films uh, at the end uh, that yeah stayed as good as the first two which i think are really solid yeah mm-hmm. yeah and this one too like it was just this one just regardless of all the insanity like it doesn't age well because of the um like the cgi Oof, is absolutely no. terrible like the yes. windsurfing thing <laughs> like the way just that and some other stuff at the beginning too it was just very like even more obvious than other yeah and i watched it ones. in 4k and it just kind of magnified how bad it was oh, and i was no. like oh my god yeah not good <laughs> yeah so yeah this definitely I, yeah i didn't feel bad that this was his like last one but yeah yeah i feel like other people's other with the exception of like like Roger Moore's last one was absolutely terrible. That's like true. Sean yes. Connery's was kind of terrible. Like honestly, I think your last Bond movie you is kind of do. your worst one. <laughs> You're um, like, I'm done. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like you know, kind of phoning it in. I don't know, but yeah, like this this part did have like some cool moments. I will say, I don't know if any other Bond movies did this, but I noticed in like the title sequence, you know, song aside, um, they have like actual like you know scenes they're showing him like the like the torture montage of you know him him in the prison and like all the other you know title sequences are just like you know the the girls and the girls yeah yeah. which this still had that like overlaid on top of it but it was kind of cool to see just like a montage okay like this is what was happening between you know now and then i don't think any of the other ones had done that before so i appreciated that that was kind of cool a little bit of an innovation that they went for that worked so Mm -hmm. that was good yeah yeah but yeah yeah, i don't know yeah and then yeah the whole plot is just very weird and it's just like very weird make a lot of sense implications Um, and you know like undertones and uh, creepy about, yeah yeah just it was very it was just very weird and yeah i was initially confused like you know watching it again this time yeah. i was like oh yeah this guy's the one that you know changes his face and yes uh, yeah it's just yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, not yeah. good mm-hmm. i don't know so yeah Mm, yeah and even some of the dialogue too i think they went like really over the top with some Mm -hmm. of the double entendres and things like that and it's like i was groaning like every single time (laughs) i had to like say something you know along those lines it just yeah this one just did not it was a hot mess (laughs) it it is definitely a hot mess for sure yeah but you know um pierce brosnan 
I think one thing he did that was really smart while he was making these is he did like two non-Bond films for every James Bond film. Mm, And so he was kind of um, doing other stuff, everything from action movies like Dante's Peak to being in some more art house or fair that he was kind of producing at the time. Mm -hmm. And I think this set him up like his post Bond movies are actually some of them are super interesting. I mean, of course, everyone knows Mamma Mia, which is Mm -hmm. a smash musical, but he also kind of played with this sort of thing in Taylor of Panama, which is a very dark La Carrea film. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's very twisted in that. And Mm -hmm. then um, also you have uh, the Matador where he's a hitman. So he's kind of Mm -hmm. playing these sort of international men of mystery who are hornballs and, you know, have (laughs) some of the elements of uh, James Bond, but doing it in um, really intriguing ways. So his Mm -hmm. post-Bond career has been really good. And better than i mean unfortunately dalton didn't really get as much um Mm -hmm. work that that is quite uh, memorable or didn't have the longevity uh that brosnan did but Mm -hmm. yeah so it's an interesting period in his uh career what do you think about his post bond work yeah i honestly haven't seen too many of his movies outside of bond like i saw um mrs doubtfire um, which was i guess in the middle this is in the middle of all this but again honestly like brilliant casting for that character as well like he does kind of have that i love it yeah that james bond vibe like honestly if this was like a spinoff like he could have been like in like a past life a secret agent or something yeah yeah just he he does a really good job playing the like jerk boyfriend and like yeah just who's like foil. a good yeah. guy but would be threatening if you were robin williams like oh yes. great sally field winds up with him like come mm-hmm. on yes yeah so yeah. yeah that whole thing and then honestly i think it was just like mama mia it was yeah. my only other gotcha. frame of reference for pierce brosnan but honestly I, the the mama mia movies were like i love those like they're okay. they're they're fun and great and just i'm glad that he just goes for it in those two yeah. um he's not let's just be real he's not the best singer in the world no. but he you know he goes for it and yeah. you know he could tell he's having the time of his life in both of those and i think it, it was just a fun a fu- like just a fun choice for him to do and then like with mommy too as well like i'd forgotten that like his he has a very distinctive voice and um Jeremy Irvine, who plays the younger version of him in Mamma Mia 2, does a really good job of like imitating and replicating oh, his his, his speech pattern. Okay. Um, it's actually it's actually really interesting, but I just kind of kept thinking of that as you know, watching watching these James Bonds and then also like Mamma Mia 2, which is like on it's it's better than the first one in my opinion. Okay. But good, um, yeah. Yeah, so yeah, it's just it's fun, but yeah, I, I haven't, yeah, I, I need to go back and look at IMDb, but I don't think I've, other than Mamma Mia and Mrs. Doubtfire, I don't think I've seen any of his stuff. And I know like the Black Adam superhero movie didn't do super well, and I know he was in that, <laughs> but um, yeah, I didn't see that either, but yeah, so. yeah, this is kind of the height of his um huge success along with uh, Mamma Mia and Mrs. Doubtfire. These are probably all of his most famous films for sure. Well, Julia, this was so much fun. I can't wait to continue our Bond discussions with Daniel Craig next. Is there any, uh, do you have any parting words on Brosnan or Bond? 
Yeah, no, these were these were more fun than you know, I uh, than the first time I watched them. I don't know. I, I enjoyed the second watch better, and Good. I'm glad that I came out a bigger fan of Goldeneye than I yeah. was before. So for sure, yeah. So definitely, yeah. yeah the first two are, are good. The last two are. <laughs> they're uh yeah. not as good but yeah, yeah they were fun and yeah definitely those are the first two are ones that i'll probably you know continue to revisit sure. and, um, yeah i so, have yeah. those in blu-ray they kind of go in in order like you know his first one is the best and then just get progressively not as great for sure but um yeah this was a real treat i always have so much fun talking to you julia thank you yeah, thank you this, yeah this has been a lot of fun looking forward to daniel craig for sure I also want to thank everyone for listening, especially my patrons who support the show and help fund my research equipment, film rentals, RSS fees, and more for as little as a dollar per month at the Film Intuition Patreon, which is the home base for the show. Other ways you can support the podcast are by sharing, reviewing, and subscribing to Watch with Jen wherever you get your podcasts, and also checking out the cool merch store hosted and created by our talented logo designer, Kate Gabrielle. You can find the merchandise store, including shirts, tote bags, stickers, and more by visiting filmintuition.com and clicking on the shop link. The show's theme music is solo acoustic guitar by Jason Shaw and is available in the free music archive. You can also reach me or interact with Watch With Jen anytime on Twitter, either at Film Intuition or our Watch With Jen account as well. Well, until next time, please take care and happy movie watching. This is Jen Johans at FilmIntuition.com and FilmIntuition on social media and Letterboxd. And this is Watch with Jen.